0: You know, strategy, like so many other things, doesn't happen in a linear process. You know, you you would like it to, but you've got to maintain contact with your people because things change constantly and there are always emerging details or, or things that disrupt what you're trying to do. And so, if you're not talking to your people regularly about your strategy and about what you're trying to accomplish, chances are they're going to take it as far as they understand it. And then they're going to just dive back into their day-to-day responsibilities because that's what they know and they're comfortable with or think that they should be doing. And in reality, you need to do both, right? You need to manage the day-to-day, but you're also trying to improve the organization. So you've got to have your people laser focused on what that is. So if they're doing it, you're being execution focused and you're moving in in a positive direction. If you're not doing it, you're just standing still and maintaining the business.
1: Welcome to The Visible Leader, a podcast that challenges conventional leadership and inspires you to create a workplace culture that empowers your team. Join me as I talk to thought leaders and change makers about practical ways to apply new learning and rethink the status quo. Get ready to become a visible leader in your organization. Research by the Institute for Employment Studies concluded that working long hours was associated with decreased productivity, poor performance, health problems, and lower employee motivation. So why are we so drawn towards working harder? And also, did you know that Harvard Business Review said that 60 to 90% of strategic plans never see the light of day? I find Both of these stats fascinating. And in this conversation, I'll be exploring why this might be the case and what you can do about it. Enjoy. My guest today is Monty Peterson. He is all about helping organizations manage strategy execution. He focuses on making this subject a core competency within every one of his clients. And he has a goal. He wants to eliminate all the bad habits his clients have developed around strategy execution and help them implement a repeatable operating model for success so they get better at doing it every day. He's also one of the kindest and most generous people I've not met from LinkedIn yet. So I was very keen to have him on my podcast. Welcome, Monty.
0: Thanks, Corinne. That's uh, that's a a great intro. I've not quite been introduced that way before, but it's cer- it's certainly uh, how I would say it if I were asked. So appreciate <laughs> that.
1: My pleasure. And today's subject that I want to dive into is about leaders having a focus on execution. But this podcast has a theme, which is about challenging some conventional thinking about leadership. And you've offered up some really great ideas about what we could focus on that link with that really nicely. So the two we're going to focus on a bit is long hours equals greater productivity, question mark, and work-life balance and or work-life separation. So Monty, first, can you just kick us off by saying what you mean by those statements and maybe how you see they align with this execution focused leadership?
0: Yeah. So things with respect to strategy don't always go normally. In fact, there's the, this is a difficult number to pin down, but it's been said that 70, 80 to 90% of all strategies either fall short or fail every year in most organizations. So there's this there's this understanding that accomplishing what we want to accomplish is difficult. So how do, how do leaders and leadership teams address that? Well, they, they double down on things. And one of the things that they do is they think that if they work harder and and longer, that they're going to be able to get more done or figure out, you know, what they're not doing right. And that that's going to lead them to success. And that's, you know, largely, Largely a myth. I mean, obviously, if you're focused on the right things and you have the right stri- strategy and right priorities, and you you work hard at it, you can accelerate that success. And I think obviously there's a lot of entrepreneurial organizations that have done that. You know, they've they've tapped into something in and in a new technology, and they've got the wherewithal, and they 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 literally work 18 hours a day, you know, trying to get it to market or materialize it. But for most organizations, yeah, longer hours don't equal greater productivity. And then, as you as it relates to work life balance and work life separation, I think th- there's a distinction there. I think they're, they're connected, obviously, because it's, it's it's work and life. But work life separation is more about. The understanding that you can, you know, you can be authentic, that you can bring your real self to work every day, and and you know, not live two lives like a lot of people did, you know, for many many years, me, me included, where you know it was sort of taboo to bring your bring your work life in any way, shape, or form into the into the workplace. Now there's an acceptance with that. So so how that relates to work life integration is everybody says work life balance and to me that's largely a myth because it, it just doesn't exist you, you you have to you you have to integrate your work and your life because that's the only way it's going to get done and it's the only way you're going to be able to reasonably achieve what you want to achieve is if you can work around those things that you're doing at home and share those with people and make sure they understand where you're at and Perhaps the greatest example of this is, you know, if somebody's having struggles at home, you know, do you want them working on your most critical projects in your organization, or you know, so so you've got to gain this understanding, and then obviously all of this is people-centered, but but yeah, th- those three things are, are 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 somewhat myths and and misunderstandings in the in the workplace, and you know, the ability to get to the results. Is is de- is dependent on them, so I, I think I think that's the that's the uh, the meat on the bone here with respect to uh, you know strategy execution and and how we get things done.
1: I th- when I first saw that they were the areas you wanted to bring, I immediately thought of a few clients of mine, which if they're listening, they're going to know who they are, but they are in industries. Which seem to be it's industry standard to work very long hours. Two of them I'm thinking of specifically in construction, and I was just wondering your experience of this and how that can change if you're a if you're one leader within that type of uh, industry. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Um, just to clarify, with within construction per se, or just just. Just general.
1: Well, I mean, I suppose I'm thinking the reason I pick on construction is because they're just, they're just, I remember having a meeting with the, the MD and the board and they were saying that one of their goals to reduce their hours and it, and it was just like from ridiculous hours a week to, you know, semi unbearable, (laughs) you know, it was no, no sense that it was, was coming into more normal. Um, so I'm just curious about whether this is possible for everyone.
0: It is. It is possible, but it takes it. It takes a lot of upfront effort and a lot of work. So, so you know, like anything, the 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 devil is in the details and the planning. If you're if you're if you're looking to reduce your hours, you've got to get better at prioritizing, you've got to get better at putting the plans in place that are going to, you know, get you to that, to that goal. And, you know, that, that, that takes execution. And that's, that's really a sort of a premeditated way of getting to your goals. It's, it's, it's your ability to understand what you're trying to do, break it down into, into achievable milestones, and then obviously break break that down even further into tasks and goals and daily activities that your people can understand so that they you know so that everybody's working together i i think too many times and it probably sounds like this is consistent with your with your clients is that there's just too much dysfunction they're 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 working against each other you know mm. too many times and 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 that's just that just shows a, a lack of of collaboration and and effective communication inside the organization.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we're going to come back to communication. It's a meaty subject that I think will be really interesting to hear hear your views on. So, we've got this subject of execution focused leadership which is your your area and um, if we want to challenge that myth (laughs) of the greater hours means greater productivity. Let's just start by understanding what an execution-focused leader looks like. What do they do that might be different from a leader that's working with their laptop on their lap at home, (laughs) in front of the TV? What's the difference between that person and an execution-focused leader?
0: Yeah, so so execution-focused leaders are are obviously dedicated to you know, turning what they're trying to do or strategy, you know, into results. And, and, they, and they do that by tackling two things on a constant basis. One is the business itself. They're, they never stop thinking about the business. And the second thing is they never stop thinking about the people who are going to get those things done that they need to succeed. So they work very hard on the pre-planning and the layout of what needs to happen. And and again, they don't do this alone. They do this with the people because it's just, again, they're very smart people at the top and and they can provide the direction, but they also need to give the autonomy to their people to participate and to, to be a part of it. Because a lot of times, especially if you get into an organization with several layers, that leader is separated from the end user, The you know the, the people on the ground can know so much more and if you if you're not tapping into that as a resource then you know you're probably not getting all the details right in terms of that plan mm. so yeah so so planning ahead for the business involving your people are are just real real critical to to an execution focused leader if you're if you're going to if you if you're at all going to come close to the results you want to achieve
1: mm. and if you have got a senior leadership team that hasn't got that balance right about having an execution focus, what are the maybe hidden signs that there's that dysfunction within the team that might not be really obvious straight away? What, what kind of things would you look for that would indicate that that, that is an issue for them?
0: Corin, I don't know. I don't know if there's so much hidden signs or or, or 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 hidden traps as much as there's just this this reliance on how people think of best practices. So if you look at the definition of what a best practice is, it's something that everybody does well. So why would we want to do something that everybody else does well? O- other than the obvious of yeah, you know, there are certain things function-wise that, that, that you want to do consistently, but, it, but in terms of the business and its strategy and you know where, where you want to drive it. So the best practices that organizations typically lean on are things like, let's hire real smart people and let them tell us what to do. And, 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 and again, nothing wrong with hiring smart people. And, and having them contribute, but you, you've got to wire them into the organization and, and, and you know what, what, what you're trying to achieve. The other thing that they do is they sort of over strategize, right? They build this big, beautiful strategy at the top, for the top. They love it. They fall in love with it and it goes about one level below them and then it doesn't go any further or else if it does, it's, it's you know, it, it, it's poorly communicated. And and so it's just it's just this idea that we they always fall back on these consistent practices that that just reinforce the status quo and that that you know if you want to do something different you know and and you know that that's the way to expect different results right to do do something considerably different than what you're doing now so I'm pretty certain there are probably some signs you know to identify but but clearly when organizations are going through that repetitive thing that they've been doing for 20 years that's the trap that's the problem
1: yeah absolutely i mean we've all seen that strategies that beautifully constructed and do not see the light of day or or they or they think they have communicated them beautifully but then i'll i'll spend a little bit of time with the uh, different folks around and, and chat with them and ask them about the key priorities in the business. And they, they just look at me blank or the other day I was chatting to somebody who had a kind of customer relationship sales type role. And, and they really wanted to have confidence in the direction that they were pushing things, but they weren't clear on the strategy. And they, you know, they, it's interesting cause I bet that is not what the people at the top are thinking. I bet they think that it's clear. So frequently, you know that mismatch.
0: They, they, they do. They really think that um, once established, a great strategy communicated once or twice, whether that's in a in a town hall or a roadshow or or what have you, that 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 people get it. And and um, you know, the reality is they they, they don't get it at, at first at first glance. And I, I love. Um, Patrick Lencioni's take mm. on this, and, and this this obviously relates to a leadership's vision for their organization. But he he doesn't think they should be the chief executive officer. He thinks they should be the chief repetition officer, meaning, <clears throat> meaning that the more you communicate the same thing about what you're trying to accomplish to your team, the faster your team will get it. And and that, and and that makes com- complete sense because. Some people may get it the first time, not very many, but most will get it the second or third. Some will get it the fourth or fifth time. And I think a reason, a lot of the reasons why leaders and leadership teams don't repeat it often is because they fear they're stepping into a a kind of a micromanagement phase. Mm, Yeah. And and ultimately, the people are out there that are hearing it, are pretty appreciative of it because of because of that you know that yeah yeah the fourth or fifth time you know I, I finally got it I think I understand what you know what they need me to do or what we're trying to accomplish and and that's you know again that, that just doesn't happen uh, in, in organizations it, it, it's just uh, it's just one of those things they think is wrong so they don't do it
1: and I and I presume linking us back to the long hours thing there's a lot you know, there's a lot on. And I suppose, doing a strategy workshop, and then creating a strategy and communicating it, then you move on to the next load of stuff to do.
0: Yeah, you know, strategy, like so many other things doesn't happen in a linear process, you know, you you would like it to. um, But you you've got to maintain contact with your people. Because things change constantly and there's there there are always emerging details or, or things that disrupt what you're trying to do and so if you're not if you're not talking to your people regularly uh, about about your strategy and about what you're trying to accomplish chances are they're going to they're going to take it as far as they understand it. And then they're going to just dive back into their day-to-day responsibilities because that's what they know and they're comfortable with or think that, that, they should be doing. Mm. And in reality, you need to do both, right? You need to manage the day-to-day and make sure you're, you make sure you're running the business and doing those responsibilities, but you're also trying to improve the organization. So you've got to have your people laser focused on what that is. So they're, you know, so they're spending that additional, hopefully extra time they they develop going back to longer hours, greater productivity. Um, they've only got so much time to commit to improving the organization. So, if they're if they're doing it, yeah, you, you you're you're being execution focused, and you're moving in a, in a positive direction. If you're not doing it, you're just standing still and maintaining the business.
1: Mm, absolutely. So, there's a shift here where leaders finding turning their vision into reality is the thing that they are potentially struggling to make happen they might be working long hours because of various various reasons uh, you know underlying causes so what would you what would you recommend i know i know you've got a system um what what do you think people listening to this that are listening to this and thinking yes I'm on board I want to be more execution focused where do I start
0: well the, the, the first thing the first thing I would tell them is you need to accept the fact that execution is a separate discipline from strategy a, a lot of people combine the two and in fact a, a lot of people, Call it strategic planning, and in reality, there is no such thing as strategic planning, right? There's there's strategy, and then there's planning, right? And planning is more more closely related to the implementation phase, but it's still not it's still not implementation or execution. So, so, so you have to accept that uh, and, and understand that the discipline of execution probably takes ten x the effort that developing the strategy takes. A lot of leaders again think that their success is commensurate with how much effort they put into the strategy and the better the strategy is you know the the, the, the better you know the outcomes and and, and and that's not true right it's just strategies are complex they change you know constantly so but but I would say um, you know execution management systems have only been around about 20 years and and there aren't that many of them but look, look for a system look for a methodology a framework that you can teach your people that's repeatable that, that that's easy to understand and then specifically hire a facilitator h- hire someone who who is skilled at this um, because you'll it, it, it's just not something that works in, in a train the trainer type you know modality you, you you've, you've got to get someone who will partner with you who will guide you and Embed this in your in your daily pattern of management because if you if, if you if you don't do that, chances are you know like like most training most uh, you know learning and development they're going to hang on to it for three or four days and only only understand it to the to the extent they can apply it and remember it. Otherwise, you know it's gone.
1: Okay, so you find a system. Of which there are systems out there that you can pick up. So in some ways, it sounds a little bit like the system might be less important than the process you use to embed it and make it happen.
0: It, it, it is the um, the systems or frameworks are really are really there just to make things easier, and, and you know several are. Um, Digitally based, right? I mean, technology aggregates information, brings data together. It makes it easier, it makes it faster for us to get things done. So, so, so you have to you have to be careful because several several execution management systems are kind of cloaked in this false identity of, of an HR enterprise system, right? You know, goal setting, like a lot of these. A lot of these systems will do everything from record your hours on the time clock to setting up your goals and doing your performance management. You, you can get locked into it and people will say, yeah, our system does execution management, but you want a pure execution management system that focuses on how you how you can effectively translate strategy at each level so that people understand it and and it creates a feedback loop inside of that organization so that leadership and leaders at every level have line of sight into what's happening below them. And then they can, you know, keep, keep that information current and available to leadership. So, so, so you can make better decisions. So it, it it really is about just keeping the strategy top of mind so that people don't forget about it and people understand what it is they need to do to contribute to the success of the organization. And it's, it's just it's just not the methodology of how you do that. It, it is a it's a cultural practice as well. The system I use, for example, emphasizes foundation data, which is you know vision, mission, strategic uh, initiatives, you know core values, th- core behaviors, things like that, and and so those things are constantly reinforced with people so that they understand. If if I have a decision to make, those are all things I can lean on because I understand what we're trying to accomplish, and I understand what my organization values, and you know how, how I should do that. And and so, you, you sort of need you you need both elements. But yeah, you, you got to be careful of of just buying into a system because a lot of that is just ends up being a software sale when in reality it it is the process we're trying to teach.
1: I'm just pulling you away from this episode because I want to share with you how you can get a copy of the free guide that I've created, in which I share with you several of the techniques that I use with my coaching clients today, and that you can use too, which will help you create more of an impact as a leader, have more influence, and the holy grail, have more time away from the doing. You can use this time for key things like focusing on strategic thinking or going for a bike ride. If you want to grab the free guide, check out the show notes and click on the link. So Montian, I know that you have a system that you you use with your clients. And it would be good to understand what the key components are of that that you feel need to be there for it to be successful.
0: Yeah, there are actually about four or five components. And and, and again, I want to be careful here because it it really is the, the process that I teach that's important. The system I use has a software platform that supports it, but I don't i don't talk about that a lot because it it get they, it gets confused with human resource enter, enterprise systems and other things that, that briefly touch on some components of execution but don't don't focus on it on it directly so so that there's a there's a cultural element um that, that, that's really important and that's um nothing more than um, mission vision core behaviors core values strategic initiatives those are those are what we what we call foundational data, they're really critical for our people to understand and to make decisions from. So if you look at culture as somewhat your values and beliefs, if you if you know what you believe in and why, it's pretty easy to make decisions at any level of the organization, you know, based on that. The other part of it is we have two other elements that are that are ultra critical. And the, the first one is something that we call a performance agreement. And a performance agreement is nothing more than a collaboratively developed document between a manager and a direct report that lays out their primary job responsibilities and their goals and tasks. So so basically, every year, those two parties sit down, they figure out, you know, here, here, here are your key responsibilities. Here's what we need you doing and then and then here are, here are the goals and tasks that are over and above your day-to-day responsibilities that we need you to focus on. And, and the reason everybody has a performance agreement, and, and, and when I implement this, I implement from the CEO on down. So even the CEO has a performance agreement and, and these, these things are all openly shared in the organization. But how this all culminates is through a monthly practice or, or an every 30-day check-in that we call a progress meeting and again you know a progress meeting is where the execution actually occurs we sit down we focus on how you're doing on your responsibilities you know we have a we have a very simple rating system the, your manager will rate you from their perception of how you're doing and you'll rate yourself those those things are done in a vacuum they're brought together and those sort of form the the uh, outline of the meeting and so it's a very structured directed meeting. But the the beauty of a of a progress meeting is that every person on the team every month gets gets at least an hour with their boss focusing on their performance, solely on their performance. And that doesn't happen in most organizations. In fact (laughs) it maybe happens once or twice in an organization and it's usually it's called a performance review, right? Um, But these aren't performance reviews. These are these are coaching guiding leading sessions where you're sitting down and you're saying how are we doing you know what can i do to help you we're, we've gotten off track here how do i how do i how, you know what can i do to help you get back on track because this is important to what we're trying to accomplish and so strategy execution is constantly reinforced every every 30 days and this the this, this is where the software platform comes in it aggregates the data the information from those meetings and leadership has a line of sight into all of it, so they can kind of see. Here's, here's objective A, and we've got all these goals against it, and here are the key initiatives that, that 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 are being accomplished inside the organization. How are we tracking on those? And so, if if we're if we're if we're tracking towards them, we feel confident about it. We keep doing what we're doing. If we're, you know, if if, if we're not tracking that way, we look at you know we look at the goals we've set up and the initiatives we've developed, and we change them, and we and we do it in as quick. You know, or as real time as possible. So, so it's really just those three or four elements combined with a man, you know, management oversight that says, you know, yeah, we, we talk to each other, we communicate on a regular basis, but are we talking about the right things and are we focused on the right priorities?
1: Mm. Yeah. So frequently um, we notice that, that the right conversations aren't happening and, and you know, I've got a massive issue with these annual appraisal type reviewing type conversations. So the monthly 30 day check-ins fits and, and the fact you've said it takes that coaching approach and collaboration. So I, I love that because it's like, you can't have the strategy without the execution and the execution happens in the everyday of that relationship between the people in the organization
0: yeah it, it does and and so and so going back to you know our, our initial angle of you know does working more hours equal greater productivity um no you know it, you you you've, you've got to have that planning you've got to have those details and the only way you're going to the only way you're going to get those details is to get feedback in as close to the moment as possible
1: yeah I mean, one of one of the things I know we've also touched on between us is command and control being a bit of a dinosaur, but still showing up sometimes in the way organizations operate. How do you make sure that the process you're talking about isn't too top down and isn't doesn't fall into any of those command and control type
0: traps? Yeah. So, so, so the way the way we work through that is. Um everyone has a performance agreement and and basically the direct report owns that agreement so they, ma- they they manage it they're the only ones who can enter information into it the their their manager can communicate through it and see it obviously but 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 they own it so the, so the key the key function here is collaboration we get people involved in everything and when we get people involved we ask them their opinion their perspective and they give us their input especially as it relates to their role and what it is they're doing so so we get an exceedingly level high level of buy in from those people versus if they're being dictated to they're probably taking in you know 20 30% of it and doing the minimal right because nobody likes to be you know told what to do and and and, and again i i don't want to underplay leadership providing direction because that, that does have to happen, but where, where it impacts them personally, you've got to be asking for their input. You know, you're missing, you're you're potentially missing a great opportunity. One, because you'll, you never know where a great idea is going to come from. And, and, and and two, they'll, they'll feel more ownership. You know, they'll just feel engaged and involved. And I mean, everybody's out there trying to figure out the engagement plan and, you know, the, the reality to that is, you know, have you gone to your people and talked to them? Just ask them what what it is they they think they need. They'll tell you. You know, I mean, if you're if you're sincere and obviously you have a psychological safe environment, but yeah, we we don't we don't do the right things. We you know we think it's all all wrapped up in extra perks and benefits and things that the organization doing wrong. Well, the one thing they're doing wrong is you know they're just not talking to us.
1: Yeah, absolutely i lo- I love that a lot of this comes round to those great conversations and and when you encounter leaders um when you're implement or helping them implement, how often are you coming across skill level to be able to have those really good quality one to ones are you kind of pleasantly surprised or is there a bit of a gap still
0: um the, 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 there is a gap but here's what we find that that the whole process of engaging through a performance agreement builds trust and respect over time. And so, I mean, it's, again, again, I don't want to, you know, just continue to highlight my process, but I, ideally, you want people focused on, you know, what, what you need them to do. And if you're constantly talking to them about it and asking their perspective, and, you know, again, that they're the feeling a part of it, that they're you know, they're not afraid to share and to, to talk. And so this trust and, and you know, respect in the relationship builds up. And, and, you know, you know, as well as I do, when you have a conversation with somebody that you trust and respect, there are just certain things, right, that, that just get communicated automatically. And you always think positive intent. And, mm-hmm.
1: you
0: know, So so it really is the conversation really is key. But if you don't, I mean by definition if there's not trust and respect in that relationship manager and direct report or or you know colleague to colleague whether that's vertical or horizontal the the true definition is it either needs to get fixed or one or both should leave the organization i mean that's it's it's a, it's as simple as that because you've got a bottleneck you've got a problem there if if you can't if you can't do that
1: yeah yeah so important isn't it and i think i love what you say about Building that over time with these check-ins, these you know, if your um, skill level at having them isn't where it kind of needs to be, potentially, if you're having them every thirty days, you are going to start building skill in that area.
0: Yeah, there's no question about it. And and one of the pushbacks I get from people all the time with with execution management is, "Well, I I I talk to my people. I talk to my people every day, and I and and I I I don't I don't disagree. I, I I see that, but." you know the, the reality is you're not spending the quality time focused on the needs of your you know individual manager if if you were spending that quality time and you had that trust and respect built up chances are pretty good you'd be spending less time talking <laughs> with them and more time letting them you know you know do their do their job
1: yeah yeah because a lot of that time is operational firefighting checking and and i i the other thing is i'm like and how i can i can just hear them saying i've got like i mean a lot of people have too many direct reports anyway don't they but like i've got 10 direct reports if i'm like an hour a month with them that's you know i'm not going to be chained to my desk but well, how do you respond to that
0: yeah I, I i get that one a lot too and and Well, the first thing I would do if if they had 10 direct reports, I'd go to the leader and tell them to reorganize. (laughs) Yeah. Because that's kind of a futile effort right there, trying to, you know, like herding cats, right? Trying to manage, you know, 10 different people and, you know, do an effective job at it. Um, but, but yeah, you know, I, I I just always say, you know, you, you're, you're likely not, you know, spending An hour totally focused on that individual and and you know their needs. And uh, again, they're you know these are these are opportunities to coach, guide, and lead people. They're not they're not a series of monthly performance appraisals. No,
1: no, box ticking. Yeah.
0: So so after a while, people kind of look at they look forward to it. And good information is is surface substantive things are talked about. And people leave those meetings feeling good and, and looking forward to the next one because they're getting the attention they need, so that they can do their jobs even better.
1: And think coming coming back to this subject of um, working long hours and that not necessarily being that productive. The when I when I do talk to people in business and all, at all levels, the one word that comes back at me a lot in various different ways is communication either people feel like it's done badly it's top down it's wasteful there's so many miscommunications they don't you know that that I hear I'll speak to people in different groups and I'll hear I'll hear a message said really drastically differently in the different groups and you and you think okay this this is this is showing up so what is your take on communication, and is it communication? Is it something else?
0: I, I would say it's a it's a it's a complex mix of a, a lot of different things, but communication undergirds all of it. And how I would say that is we just don't we just don't communicate well. we don't we don't listen in one-to-one interactions. well, we don't communicate group messaging well. I mean the, the easiest way to put it Corinne, is we you know we we pretty much suck at it all the time. I mean communication drives everything when you when you know when you think about it it's it's the medium of exchange for how we get things done. You know it helps us give out instructions, right? In terms of understanding the business and what we need to do it we use it for conflict resolution, right? Ultra critical, we we coordinate and align our teams through you know through through communication and we create solutions to problems and we innovate through communication right you know that 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 collaboration so and, and all of that's on, on top of how we get formal and informal feedback as to how we're doing our job so you know if you're if you're not if you're if you're not focusing if you're not having difficult conversations or what i what i refer to as conversations of consequence um, oh, nice. Then, then, yeah. Then, then chances are you're not you're not getting to the meat of what you, what you need to lead your people and deliver the results that your organization's counting on you for.
1: Yeah, and and if it's got multiple underlying causes, when you when you when you see this communication dysfunction, are there, are there any other places you look?
0: in terms of solving it
1: yeah like trying to get underneath it because i think people immediately go well actually thinking about it if you notice something has a message hasn't been uh received in the way it was intended uh, i notice leaders often go well we need to say it again and i know there's a repetition piece in the strategy but often that you know it's, it's done at a town hall you know if, if you're a big organization or whatever and and i think i i often think to myself what's missing and i i think one of the things that might be missing are these great check-ins because if they're missing then that's an underlying reason why it, it might not be happening
0: yeah and 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 there, there there are skills that obviously accompany that um because some some people are very adept at, at communicating well and others aren't but i i would say um employing empathy and 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 having some humility in terms of you know how how you how you deal with your people that's that's probably the um that's probably the hardest piece because you know when you think about it we hire all these people you know based on their technical capabilities but then you know 98.9 percent of the time we we, you know we fire them for their inability to get along you know with others yeah and and so you know you you've got a You've got to be able to connect with people and talk with them on a level that they'll understand you and and appreciate you and know that you're, you know, that you don't have ulterior motives, you know, in terms of, in terms of what you're saying. Otherwise they'll, they'll just clam up and, you know, sort of toe the party line on things. Um, And that's not what we're, what we're looking for. We're, We're really looking for, you know, just again, authentic, you know, conversations that, people can share. I mean, look, we've all got, we've all got issues. We've all got, you know, personal struggles. And it's not like you want to become a psychologist and dive into dive deeply into your, into your team members problems, but you at least want to know when there's a situation where, you know, you, 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 you either help or, you know, get out of the way or just listen. And then that as a leader, that helps you position where they're at, understand where they're at, and then and then maybe you give them a break for a while, and you take them off a project and assign something else, mm. you know, for them to do while they work through that. Yeah. Um, but you know, most people come to work each each day intent on you know doing a good job. It's just whether or not we create the environment that allows them to do it.
1: Absolutely, I would, which comes very neatly back to work-life integration, and listening. And I've, I've been having some great conversations with some podcasts that are going to be coming out soon about challenging the idea of appraisals and also another one about vulnerability and confidence. And listening just, it came out so many times that people could do with focusing on that skill. That is a skill that needs attention often some people are good at it but um not necessarily and i think it's, it reaps such rewards
0: yeah so 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 the fu- the fundamental problem with performance appraisals and reviews is that they're totally backward looking yeah absolutely and, and 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 no one cares about what happened yesterday or 2 weeks ago or 4 months ago let alone we can't we can't remember it which which brings us back to the Importance of continuous, you know, communication. I, I I think it's a it's a right of every employee to know where they stand with their boss and their organization mm. at a minimum every thirty days. I mean, I think if you did it any less la- you know, it, it would be re- way too repetitive and overbearing if you tried to do it every couple of weeks or weekly or whatever. Um, but every thirty days, and and again, through our progress meetings, that that's what we do. We reinforce, and they understand where they're where they're, where they're at, and. If they, have t- if they have two or three bad months in a row, we're we're having the conversations around that and why. And we're either putting the corrective behavior and actions in place to get them back on track or we're talking about, you know, them doing something else in the organization or potentially even an execution of, I'm sorry, a, an exit strategy.
1: Yeah, um, slip of the uh, tongue there. We're not going to yeah, execute anyone.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think you fix performance appraisals by having that continuous documented you know communication on a monthly basis and then and then the the last meeting of the year is really just to just to wrap up the year and put it all into perspective and and and, and tie it off and I think I think people would be much more ease with with that and understand your related action you know whether you're demoting them or giving them an increase or or yeah. you know promoting them
1: Okay, so we've covered quite a lot of ground, <laughs> and I'm thinking, how can we tie this together to summarize and maybe get practical? and I know we've we've we have we have gone to some practical things as we've been talking, but it, do you think there's a way of us going, okay, so strategy, execution. 30 day check-ins and then communication these these are probably our and and some of the skills of leaders have you got any practical i'm a leader listen to this podcast as of tomorrow these are some steps i can take which will push me some experiments that will put me more in the direction of the type of leadership that you're talking about monty and we both agree is a direction
0: to, to travel. Yeah. I, I would say um, there's, there's a few things. The, the first one as a leader or as a follower or team member um, own every inch of real estate that you walk on. What that means is take responsibility, personal responsibility for what it is you do. Okay. Every day talk about it openly and honestly and you know, when when you screw up, admit it. When uh, when somebody does good, you know, encourage them, reward them. Um, but know that you have you you have a certain responsibility for everything under your control and, and things are just much easier when you when you accept the fact that that you have ownership and if it doesn't happen, that's a failure on your part, or, or a success if you do it, you know, if you're thinking mm. the other way.
1: Nice, um,
0: nice and straightforward. Yeah, yeah. Um, always remember that the work is not about you. It's about your people. Okay? Because the way we achieve success is through people. And if if people have your back and they're looking after your interests, you should be looking after theirs. So your, your ability to make their life better comes back positively and, and impacts you and then the last one is um you know prior- prioritize plan and execute right it's it's in the details if 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 you're going to work hard and commit yourself to what it is you're doing you, you need to get the results because if because if we're just out there working sort of aimlessly and doing something and it's not connected to anything there there's no value in that right there's just no there's no energy there's there there, there there's nothing and so it should make us mad when we don't get the results we're looking for because of the effort we, you know we put in and and again going back to working more hours and and uh expecting you know greater results you know we we should be trying to work less hours and get get better results
1: yeah absolutely and setting that as a great role model for the team as well rather than the expectation that people will have poor Working habits, like maybe if that's what you are doing yourself, then that's what you've got to expect. The people around you might start copying.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and again, it's going to happen because if you if you look at at change, um, which, which is really what we're talking about, right? There's a great book called Detonate by a couple of former Deloitte um, consultants who they coined it as the first subatomic law of business that. If, if you're going to change anything, you're going to find yourself asking a human to do something different than what they're doing today. And so it, it takes that leadership. It takes that role modeling, right? Other, otherwise, if you don't care or you, or you accept and tolerate bad behavior, that, that's that's just going to reaffirm it. And that's what people are going to do. But if you yeah. ask them to change and say, here's what I'm doing, yeah, chances yeah. are they're probably going to change.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Starts with you. Well, Fascinating. Thank you so much, Monty. It was an absolute pleasure talking to you.
0: Thank you, Corin. I enjoyed it very much.
1: Great food for thought. So over to you, leaders. Do you have a strategy or is it getting dusty somewhere? And if it is a live document, does it stop at board level? If I stopped one of your people in the street and asked them what the key priorities are in your business, would they know? What does the execution plan look like? And how are you going to work with your people to bring it to life? And my favorite one of all is about check-ins. If you've listened to any of my podcasts, you'll realize I'm a big fan of talking to your people regularly. It seems pretty obvious. But having the right quality of conversation does seem a bit of a rare thing. So I hope you're inspired. Monty's details will be in the show notes. And if you did enjoy this episode, please give me some feedback and rate and review the show. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Visible Leader podcast. To stay up to date with the latest episode, hit the subscribe button. And I'd love to hear what you think, so please leave me a review. If you have any questions or comments, reach out to me, Corinne Hines on LinkedIn.